This is Corner of the Clubhouse, and thank you for taking the time to listen. I'm Kyle Blank, a former professional baseball player of over a decade, and the goal of this podcast is to help realign the misconceptions and false projections about the reality of playing professional baseball, and also to unpack the spectrum of experience by reflecting on various journeys. I recently met Jay Schiffman, who is doing some amazing work helping others with mental health, substance misuse and recovery, as well as drug use and drug policy. Jay is also the host of the Choose Your Struggle podcast and has been one of my greatest resources of information about how to get this going. I believe Jay was the perfect person to open this podcast with because of his open curiosity about baseball and his humility for helping people improve their lives. And as you'll listen, you'll understand the passion and understanding he has for his craft. This is Corner of the Clubhouse. My name's Kyle Blanks, and my guest today is Jay Schiffman. And I will have Jay introduce himself, and then we will kind of get into what the point of the show is about. Awesome. Well, I, I'm, you know, so happy to be here. It's been fun watching you sort of take this idea and run with it. And, you know, we first connected, oh, man, what was that, a couple months ago I think uh, so, on yeah. LinkedIn? Yeah, I reached out because I read that awesome article that you were quoted in uh, on The uh, Athletic talking about your work now after being in the, in the big leagues. And, you know, me personally, uh, some of your listeners may know our conversation on my podcast, the Choose Your Struggle podcast, but I am a mental health and substance misuse and recovery speaker, coach, and advocate. And uh, as a guy in long-term recovery, these are topics that I sort of live and, and care deeply about. Uh, and, and rolled up into that is, as always, uh, drug use and drug policy. And so that's where my interest in your work came from, not just because you know I knew you as a guy who played in the big leagues, but because of the work you're doing now. And that's kind of what, what caused me to reach out to you and say, you know, I bet he's got an interesting story that'd be good for my show. And, and which kind of takes us into, uh, you know, the point of Corner of the Clubhouse is, um, you know, as me and Jay started to uh, really – develop a relationship it was it was truly centered around the the misconceptions of of people's projections of any given subject so um you know a lot of what this uh this is really about is to really unpack the spectrum of of how people can feel um uh, and this one it just happens to center on baseball but i think the greater point of this is really to address anything that kind of comes across um anyone's thoughts because I think the uh and what I've learned from Jay is there is a very large lapse in the amount of attention paid to mental health and wellness um uh, across um let's just say across humanity and I think this 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 show is mainly centered around trying to really bring light to a lot of the struggles that you would never perceive if you just went to watch a game. Um, and, and I think uh, kind of the same thing like me and Jay really like to get into and in just our, our own um, personal conversations are, are a lot more interpretive ways of, of making yourself better that require participation. Yeah, and I, I think that that was one of the things that really helped us connect early on was that I didn't come to you as like, I don't know, man. I mean, you've told me so much about different ways people approach you and how you kind of have to be 
not not guarded because you're definitely not guarded, but you have to be curious as to be like, okay, what is this person's intention? And you know, mine was honestly to be like, wow, like you played in the big leagues and now you do this awesome thing with CBD. I want to learn more about your experience, and it wasn't like I don't know, you know, some something nefarious or whatever. And so that really helped us connect early on that I was genuinely curious as to your experience. And 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 the. Um you know, the reality is until you put yourself out there to uh, experience whether or not it, what you're uh, getting into is genuine, um, you know, the you're, you're not going to reap that reward unless you actually put yourself out there. And that's kind of where we find ourselves now. And, um, you know, Jay's been very, very helpful as far as helping me, uh, you know, get this from concept to just actually a point where you can hear it. And um, that that is been incredible considering the short period of time we've been talking, but the, the, um, you know, the density and, and amount we've been able to really learn about each other and, and, and help each other learn about many other things has been really incredible. And that's why I really wanted to have him be the first person on this to, um, you know, really kind of unpack, like I said, unpack some of those, those misconceptions and everybody's perspective is very valuable to me. Um, whether you, uh, you know, came off the field or whether you were the one watching someone come off the field or whether you had no interest in what happened on the field that day. Um, it's, it's genuinely more about how you feel and, and how I, uh, you know, how both of us um, share in that feeling. We believe you can feel better. There's always, um, there seems to be this selective nature of how people, um, you know, at a certain point kind of feel they've found where they um, want to be where in reality it's more a product of um, just kind of, of giving up a search or just starting to believe that this is the only way. And that, that is what I truly, uh, really try and challenge in um, anyone I talk to is just, you know, even, even my way is still simply a way. But um, when you're really understanding of, of how me and Jay are really trying to help people, you understand a lot of what we try and do is predicated on what you're willing to tell us, you know, how, how can we help you? And, you know, the more, um, open you can be, the more we can basically share if, if we have that, uh, you know, if we have that intention to really get into something, it really requires a lot of reciprocal, reciprocal, uh, information, um, you know, especially to make a, a suggestion to help somebody, you know, you definitely have to really understand, who they are. And, um, you know, if they aren't you, that really is going to require you paying attention to them being willing to tell you who they are. Well, I couldn't agree more. And I think that's a really wonderful jump off into the first of the questions I thought of in terms of things that I would be interested to hear from you. Uh, if you're ready, let it eat, man, let's do this. So my, as, as you perfectly said earlier, one of my, but my, you know, favorite uh, topics is mental health. And I think that when people come to the ballpark, they have assumptions about, you know, some of the stressors and strains on the guy when he's on, on the team or on the field. But one of the ones that I've never been able to ask, and now I have this amazing opportunity is what is it like being, you know, or, or I guess the better way to put that is how does it affect your mental health to be the new guy on a team, whether it's coming up from the minors or, 
you know, as you did, going to a completely new city, a completely new team where you may not actually know any of the guys on that team? Yeah. Um, well, so I can give you this in, in quite a few ways. So um, initially, uh, when you jump to the professional rank in general, you're immediately the new guy in a sea of new guys. So there's that immediate, this is a new experience. Um, you know, depending on on how your path up um, through your own organization or through the game in general, um, you might be that new guy every other year. Um, myself being with one organization for uh, eight or nine years in a row, I was, you know, at a certain point, everyone else was the new guy, you know, and um, I think the, I, I guess initially um, it, it, if it didn't, I guess the ways it affected me um, were, were not very much um, in the beginning. Once again, I had enough stability that um, got to this place, became familiar and was given the opportunity to stay in this one place long enough to, to feel that familiar. Now, by the end of that time, when I was traded to Oakland, I had been playing long enough with enough people to understand I just need to feel good so I can go and be myself, which is a pretty quiet reserved person on the, in, in the game and just basically do what I'm told, do put, put my best efforts out for what I'm told to do because the game of baseball is very hard as a hitter and you rarely succeed, you know, like two, three out of 10 times is not succeeding more than you fail. And um, I think, the uh, you know the mental effects of sometimes being the new guy for some for some others for me it was always the same like I, I'm going to play the same game like I, I really did my best to try and keep that in the forefront of I'm going to play the same game whether I was new or whether anybody everybody here knew me today and now part of that is if you're somewhere and you're genuinely brand new it's a new start like for me the time I was playing in the minors there was if you were on one side of the country, you know, certain organizations didn't really cross the country with their uh, affiliates because it didn't make sense to, you know, it wouldn't, wouldn't make sense to have a triple a team as far away across the country as you could from your major league parent club to, you know, if you needed some, a body basically. So I think that, um, you know, the new guy thing really does have a, a, a wide ranging effect on people's mental health. Some people it tanks them and they never recover because they are pulled out of an environment that even though it's still baseball, it's so different because the creature comforts that they've been able to, to uh, accumulate, they don't know how to set that fort up everywhere. And then you get the people that it doesn't even matter. They just get to play baseball today and they fucking kill it everywhere. It doesn't matter where you put them. They are, they are, the guy who enjoys what he's doing today and knows how to prepare. And that's the crazy thing is seeing guys that can do that. You know, it does. I fell in between a lot of places, but otherwise I was never, you know, affected in a, in a terrible, like detrimental, like I don't know anybody because all I need to do is find a single person to start talking to. Like that's not hard. And, and most of the time at that point, by the end of my career, I could just talk to a coach cause we've been in the game so long. I've probably seen you or, know who you are or could really quickly we could have a connection with somebody and i think so as far as mentally if you're if you're um 
you know, I, I was a pretty shy person, but definitely open to talking to people. So, I mean, if you're, if you're truly introverted and really don't like to, to do even what I was willing to do, it can be very difficult because you will be going to an environment that, you know, not only in the one where you, everyone knew that you were this way, you're now going somewhere where you're going to act the same, but nobody knows why. And what's that going to do? How are they going to react to you? You know, that's, that's kind of the, you know, one of the, once again, kind of that, you know, and, and the first way you come into the game, how, you know, how, because most guys coming out of high school or college in general, like you were with mostly most of the same bodies for the last handful of years. You know, now you're jumping into 150 plus in spring training, you know, and, and you, you might know somebody because you guys were both in the same conference or, you know, you both are from the same state, whatever that is. But as far as uh, me personally, not not a huge influence, but it's it's just such a wide ranging spectrum of how it can affect people. Some guys, it goes all the way from tank to you know a hall of fame. Like they, a new change of scenery, being the new guy really helped their disposition, and they just now can focus on baseball. You know, and some guys like it was it was that super familiar environment that kept them kind of in that functioning box, and then as soon as you took them out, they couldn't function. So then it's obviously different for every every player, but were there some, or I guess I would say I assume, just like any company, that the culture of the clubhouse, the culture of the team, also made a pretty big difference? Absolutely. Yeah, culture. I mean, and, and that's the thing is, is a good culture of a baseball clubhouse is, you know, basically an open filter-free zone. Like you can kind of say whatever you want, but you got to understand that it could, you know, it could not go your way. Um, so it's like, you know, the more outrageous things you're willing to say depends. Are you willing to stand behind it? Because there's, you're, you're surrounded by nothing but people who heard you, you know? So it's a really interesting ecosystem that at the time I was going through, it was very self-policing. So you rarely heard too many crazy, crazy things that were way off the beaten path. Um, but it's, it's just kind of constantly evolving because the guys coming into the game did not have anywhere near a similar experience as what me and, or many people around the era, I just kind of came into the game had coming in. Like your, your experience coming in isn't get, going to have an entirely different effect on your experience. So, I, I know that when we talked the first time, you described going to Oakland, not only was, was the environment a better one for you or one you were more excited about, but the, the team itself you described as a, as a uh, island of misfit toys. So, <laughs> that seems to, and, and, and that stuck with me because that was so in line with the public persona of the Oakland Athletics. That they are this, I mean, from Moneyball all the way back to the, you know, the Reggie Jackson era, they were the team that, you know, they had some personalities, right? So did you feel that you fit in better there? Yeah, it was, um, so going from San Diego, which was for me a great environment, I, I had a great time there, had, you know, from anyone who ever helped, you know, get me in the stadium to, 
um, any teammate I had, I had a pretty good experience. Um, going to Oakland, and once again, at that point, being having played for, you know, almost 10 years at that point, just in general, you know, I, I just know a handful of guys. Like, if I hear your name other than most likely I didn't share the dugout with you, like, we probably played against each other. And I think that that on top of, you know, I went from, I imagine at that point, uh, you know, somewhere lower in the division rankings to being in first in the, in the West. And that, you know, not only, you know, when it, once again, I, my, my competitive nature was to go out and compete. And if you win, you win, you lose, you lose. It's not really like I, that's how, that's how I competed. You know, it's, it's not, it, it never behested me to just try and crank myself up and, and think I can run through a wall if that's not what this game requires me to do. Um, but I, I think the, um, yeah, just the, uh, the, I guess, um, get back to what you're saying. Sorry. What was the, just track me back into that question a little bit. Well, so it was, it was that, you know, the, the, the oh, yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So sorry about yeah. that. <laughs> My bad. Um, so yeah. So anyway, in Oakland, going to, going to that environment change, um, you know, the biggest thing was going into it is the, I guess the chatter on the level of, of clubhouses, you're going from this clubhouse to this clubhouse. This is what it's like. Um, it's known as not one of the nicer clubhouses in baseball and, you know, understanding like, once again, I played through the minor leagues and I've been in very bad situations as far as the accommodations of your dugout, your clubhouse, your hotel, a lot of things that are not very ideal. You know, so going to a place where I understand if, if the surface standard isn't what you may have seen it at its peak, but this is still the same place. We're still in the big leagues. We're still, you know, you're still getting to play baseball and, and enjoy it. And I think that was really what uh, I got out of that um, pretty quick experience of just going from here to there was um, just the same pressures of um, being, you know, the same pressures, but are gone and being in the same situation, still playing the same game um, made it feel like more like playing summer ball. You know, you're just, you're, you're part of a good team that seems to be winning a lot. And that was, that's most guys that um, play professional baseball in general are typically on the higher, um, you know, they're on the higher scale of quality as far as the teams they've played on throughout their life, or they've always been able to um, really make the adjustments when needed to then get way better, you know, but um, I think that's, that was the interesting thing was going back to an environment where it's like, you know, for me, it was the recognition of, okay, I'm in, I'm in this place now. I've had enough experience here to know that when it's not very stuffy, it can be a blast because your job is to play a baseball game today. You know, so I think I, I can't speak for the eras of the past. I just know Oakland is a very unique place that I had a great time in. So I can't imagine through the 80s, 90s, you know, just the eras of culture and how that influenced being there as a player. You know, mine was very open with what I was into. Um, so for me, it was off the field, a great experience, but on the field, you know, where it is most important, I was truly like, Oh my God, this is like, this is how this should be like. Mm. And, and that was the interesting thing of, 
um, you know, some of the games in Oakland draw huge, you know, and that's a, it's a very fun environment when you've played enough to tune it out. Like if, if a ton of fans don't really have that much of an impact on you as far as, you know, this at bat, like I've been heckled thousands of times, like just because we're here doesn't make it worse. You know, like I think that once you have the ability to tune that out, it becomes very fun when you, when you tune it in for those selected times, you know, like being, being in a wild card race. And I was hurt by that time, but just being in those environments, it's like, man, this is so cool. Like, this is the cool part of this. It's like, um, just the, the energy that comes off of that. But, you know, I, we, we also play games in front of nobody and it had the same fun because the core of it was, was what it needed to be to do that. So you, you, Right up to heckling, which I think is really interesting, probably a really great discussion for another day. But that leads me into another question I thought of, which was, you know, the some of the pressures that can come in that game. And the one in particular I was thinking of is that you got a designation that few people do, and that was that you were at one point a top 50 prospect. Uh, you may have been hired. You know that better than I do. But I know at least once you were in the top fifty. Did that is that a thing that you paid attention to, or was that just like someone told you and you went, "Man, I can't bother thinking about that." So um, uh, my my access to let's say stats and all that kind of stuff was limited to minor league baseball at the time, um, which at the time was was. One of a handful, I imagine there's a, there's probably a Baseball America top 100. There's probably a few of them that do it, kind of like the poll rankings for football. Um, at the time, it was really interesting for me. Like, I was, a, I was a stat rat. Like, without question, looked up every stat I could, and a lot of it was more of just the interest in seeing it. Like, I can look at all this stuff. You know, like, it was, uh, it was really interesting having that – access, um, being, you know, being basically the only access, but also, you know, really kind of like appreciating it in the moment, but every day you're going to get humbled. So like, I, you know, personally, I never, you never really had the time to like, it, it only, it only hurts you when everybody, um, let me, let me rephrase that. You become more of a target if you become made more of a target. You know, so it's like if if everybody wants to, you're in a you're in a uh, an environment of competition. So like me, when when we would play against somebody that is whatever prospect, um, at one year um, uh, in '06, Justin Upton was in the Midwest League, and I remember you know like having very little concept of prospect and, and ability and all these things. Just like uh, you know, my goal is to go out and play good every day. You know, and then and then coming across him, and I just remember one time watching him run as hard as he could. It was fucking impressive. Like, and that was kind of that was kind of like the holy shit. Like, okay, these are starting to understand tools, starting to understand those types of things. That was that league, the 2006 Midwest League had a lot of big leaguers come out of it, and you know, like a lot, a lot, you know, a handful of of pretty good note. And it was it was interesting to see those. Um, you know, those uh, abilities just kind of be what they were at the time, but just, just kind of see them um, 
you know, seeing seeing that there's probably something more there. So, so how did that feel for you when when you were put on that list? Um, you know, other than you know, I guess for for me it didn't really change much other than seeing it there, but otherwise it's you know, seeing other guys at that point having enough time of seeing other guys go on it and and kind of leave the game. Um, you know, it became kind of one of those like trophies that eventually like, you know, being able to reflect you're in and out of that very quickly. If you're, if you continue to just move forward, you know, and that was, I guess that was, you know, sorry to <laughs> stop, stop talking about it, but that was, I guess the way, you know, in the moment it was, this isn't my end goal. Like it's awesome to just be there. Cause it's more a reflection of how, of how I'm doing. But otherwise, this isn't my end goal. And, and you know, realistically, I lost, like you, you have, let's say, as soon as you get called up to the big leagues, you have a certain volume of time between service and um, stats that you are technically still a rookie. You know, for me, because of the way my first year went, I think I was already out of that really quick. Like I already had no, so like for me, some of those real checkpoints were always like, you know, like to be a prospect, that's an awesome thing, whether it's in your organization or, or across minor league baseball. But arguably, if you're really good, the really good ones, like better than myself, considerably better than myself, they were that top prospect for a couple months and then they were a big leaguer. You know, that that's how some of that goes for some guys or, you know, eventually that highest spot on the list they get. I, I personally couldn't tell you what the highest I ever was on that. I, know, I believe in my organization at one point, I was the pros, top, top, top prospect for the organization. But, you know, even then it was, I remember feeling it like this isn't, nothing's changed other than, you know, me putting more pressure on myself. Like the game hasn't changed. I was at least at that point able to kind of figure that out, you know, en- enough. But um, once again, kind of one of those things that affects everybody different because some, that shit is fuel for some people. Like mm-hmm. vindication of all the work they've done, you know, which is understandable. It's maybe not be my way to think, but I understand it. I understand the work that goes into it. So I get it. But the humility of like, okay, this isn't where I want to be, but this is a great reflection of like, I've been chopping the shit out of this forest one tree at a time. And I actually pulled my head up to see where I was. And this is kind of where I, where I found myself. So, all right. So then the last question I had on mine was, you know, it, it sounds like that, that sort of, uh, you know, designation wasn't a big deal to you, but I can imagine that there are some moments from your big league experience that were, and was it your first hit, your first home run? Like when you look back on your career, what are the moments where you're that like make you go fuck? Yeah. Um, man, uh, in reflection, some of them are going to be moments I had nothing to do with. You know, it was just seeing somebody do something else. Like um, uh, in San Diego, we had Matt Stairs, uh, 2012, a year I didn't play. I can't, I can't remember exactly, 10 or 12, I think 2010, actually. Um, one of the most amazing teammates I, I had was fantastic because of where he had come from and how accepting he was of me and just – extremely very good teammate um i believe that year he broke the pinch hit home run record and 
I can't, I can't remember another, another milestone of, of a pinch hitting nature possibly, but it was, it was crazy to see him go about his business and how he like for what he was there and asked to do, how well he executed that for, for the reality of what's asked of you. Like I watched him physically get off of like watching the game, like laying on the stairs, paying attention, watching the game, watched him get up, put on the accompaniments of a, of a hitter and go fucking crush a ball into the opposite gap. Like I, the, like watching that happen was incredible because of like, holy shit, that's that. How do you get to that point of just being able to do it like out of bed? You know, that some of those types of things, like, you know, seeing like I, I, I have um, Javier Vasquez Oh, for six with six strikeouts. Like some of those experiences of like, this is fucking, this is the game. Like you, you can come to terms with it or you can beat your, beat your head against the wall and see where you come out. Um, but those were the types I think experiences that were, that were those like, wow, like, um, you know, getting to play with a lot of like getting very, very high level orchestrated team play. Um, you know, moving to the outfield and being with other outfielders who like taught me good communication, but are extremely good communicators. So in this game today, very few balls, if any, will hit the ground, you know, um, no balls will be overthrown. Like some of those really unique things that make the game look really, really smooth at that level that take a lot of work. You know, the communication aspect is huge. Like you and I both know how valuable communication is. Um, so like implementing it in those certain, those certain times, like, you know, me being able to, let's say strike out and come back and convey exactly like, dude, this is exactly what he just did to me. This is what the ball did. This is what it looked like. Clearly looks like he was trying and put the ball where he wanted to. So just look for that or pay attention. Like, this is what happened to me. You know, you're not me, but sometimes when those guys are feeling really good, they're not going to deviate from what's working. Same thing as a hitter. Why would I change? Why would I make an adjustment until I really have to? So you're saying <laughs> I'm looking at your baseball reference page because I wanted to get to, uh, like some information for like a, a secondary question on that. Yeah. And I bet you didn't know that in 2013 you were tied for first with putouts or sorry, sorry, double plays instigated in left field with one. Better believe it. Just, just, just happened to throw the ball in fast enough or something. I mean, like whatever. It's funny, like whatever that is, you know what I mean. Just that—that's one of those interesting things to find out. Of like, okay, like if I could see that play, it was just like, yeah, it was a lot of work went into into that because I didn't start in the outfield, and that's where you end up, you know. And it's like, it's like it's one, you know, it's one fucking out. Like it, there is literally no other than the fact that it's on there. There's no record to be had other than just knowing that was that was what came out of playing at a high level the goal is to be able to get those guys out and in those times where there's any kind of um leeway given that's when you see that happen like watching how f- watching a double play happen to two fast guys is fucking incredible just the orchestration and speed at how it happens like whether you're a fan of, of both teams of either team or not, you know, just seeing those certain things happen. That's, that's the appreciation I started to see in sports was, you know, just 
it sucked getting, you know, it sucked getting my ass beat, but sometimes it was fucking impressive. Like that's his job too. I, I, I'm actually trained to do this too. And he really beat the shit out of me today, you know, but that's, that's the game of baseball. That is why would you get up and fight like that every day? A fighter would not fight like that every day. If you got your ass kicked 70% of the time, you would probably not care to fight that much. You know, and that's that as a hitter, I can't say that for pitchers, but as a hitter, that's kind of that you're you're fighting for those those punches you can land. You know, the if, if you're understanding that the overall is you're going to fail, you'll be very successful knowing knowing that your goal is to just land punches to kind of mitigate how much you will fail at this game. So um are you the only person that came out of your high school and made it to the major leagues? No, um, Matt Moore, who's still playing, I believe, with sure. the Phillies, um, also, and possibly others. I, I'll be honest; I'd have to put more thought into it, and I really haven't thought much about baseball in that way in a lot. But as far as I know, um, Matt, and yeah. I'd, I just can't think of anyone. Did else you play with head. with him? Because he's not that much younger than us. Yeah, I'm pretty sure my senior year was his freshman year, so I, I'm pretty sure we got just that one year. If I'm not mistaken, it was just the one. So, according to uh, again BaseballReference.com, there are only two people that came out of is it Moriarty it High School? Moriarty High School in in New Mexico, in Moriarty, New Mexico, and it was you in 2009, and then Cal, and then uh, Matt Moore made his debut in 2011. So just the two of you. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of why, once again, like I, I'm always kind of that advocate for the, the random chance or the, you know, I, I am mostly the exception. Like you would drive through that town and, and, you know, not really see much. And if you blinked, it's just not big. So, um, you know, knowing that part of my opportunity was a lot of luck is something I'm, I really try and share that perspective. Like I, I had a lot of good help to get to where I got and none of anything I ever accomplished, good, bad, or indifferent was, um, in the game was, was done, um, you know, alone. I had a lot of good help to, to get where I, I got to and, and finished. And, um, you know, that's, that's the kind of the thing about, about doing this. I really wanted to be able to have those conversations because, a lot of the guys that have a large contribution to the game, you'd never know. Um, you know, the clubbies, the trainers, strength coaches, um, hitting, you know, hitting coaches, pitching coaches, you know, the, the supporting staff that are just physically not the team you see. Um, some of those people, um, you know, all of their intentions are there to help, but some of those people are especially good at that. And um, it really shows just, you know, they, they, you know, typically, um, kind of end up in, in, um, you know, they, they end up getting kind of overlooked because, you know, from what I've come to learn, they tend to get overlooked because their goal is to actually help the individual. And, and that typically, um, comes with their own philosophy, not bending to, um, you know, a, a fake one. And that's why I think some of the most amazing coaches I had just, I imagine to the management didn't really get along because they're trying to help me get better. They're not trying to build a brand that is arguably not theirs. 
Well, as uh, someone who you know does collect autographs and memorabilia, I have sent many an autograph request to to coaches because you know as as anybody who goes to games can can see there is a very important role that that coaches play, and you know you guys do the work on the field, but you don't get there alone. Uh, very, very much a teaching position um, that any teacher would tell you comes with a lot of learning. And that's what I think um, the best the best of the best really understand is I need to learn about what's in front of me before I can really project my ability to help the situation. And that's, um, you know, basically what I, I understand you do. That's, that's why I was really... Um, you know, drawn to that conversation and why we've gotten to this point um, to really help um, just just kind of, like I said, unpack that spectrum of how this game can go for most people. And, and a lot of that is just simply going to butt heads with the reality of what you think happens to most people. Well, that's why I think that people should keep listening to Corner of the Clubhouse after this first episode. Uh, I'm excited to subscribe once this is out and uh, check out all the other conversations you have. And as you know, I'll be back anytime you ask. This was, this was fun. Yeah, I appreciate it. And uh, once again, um, uh, apologize for, for some of the rough cuts in this. This definitely will get better. But um, the goal is, is definitely to help educate anyone. And, and that's uh, the point of having um, gentlemen like Jay and, and truly a um, ideally a, um, a large group of people that um, are here to share what is almost certain to be a very unique perspective that you'd never really understand exists. And um, I think that's uh, really kind of where that spits us out here. But um, Jay, I, I appreciate you for taking the time and, and coming on. And um, once again, uh, if it gets to the point where we got to, we got to look back at this and, and put a little extension on it, we will definitely do that. My friend. I would love to. And, you know, for your listeners, as a guy who's been doing his podcast now over a year, uh, I, you are farther along before you even started than I was after a couple of months. So, you know, definitely, uh, you know, envious of, of your starting at a good point and, and I'll be excited to watch you grow with it. And, and I can say, uh, uh, thank you very much. And a lot of that is, is a testament to, um, you know, us, us being able to share a lot of good information to each other in such a short time. And, and that's kind of what this, this whole thing is about is, you know, spitting us out under 40 minutes is, is, an exercise in, in economy of words and really trying to um, have really good, insightful conversations. So uh, once again, Jay, thank you. Thank you very much for taking the time. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll get this moving pretty quickly. All right, man. Well, thanks for having me. As always, I want to thank anyone listening for taking the time. It's greatly appreciated. And I promise this will get smoother. And as always, Corner of the Clubhouse is sponsored by Roadrunner CBD. Roadrunner CBD is a family-owned artisan CBD company that specializes in high-quality, full-spectrum CBD products, available in both orals and topicals. Please go to roadrunnercbd.com today and start your CBD journey.